Hey, Armstrong and Getty here, and the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. In Washington, D.C. yesterday, vandals spray-painted graffiti on the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah, historians are calling it the second worst thing to ever happen to Abraham Lincoln. Now, guys, it's been a long time. Come on. Still not funny, you scumbag. What kind of joke is that? These are highly charged times. So, yeah, you got this bishop, uh, Bishop James Dukes, pastor of Liberation Christian Center in Chicago, wants city officials to remove a bronze statue of George Washington on horseback and his name from Washington Pork Park on the south side of Chicago. When I see the statue, I see a person who fought for the liberties. And I, oh, no, who's that? Who's saying that? Uh, Dukes told WBM that Washington, Washington is no hero to blacks, he told a local uh, news Site. When I see the statue, I see a person who fought for the liberties. I see people that fought for justice and freedom of white America because at that moment we were still chattel slavery and was three-fifths humans. Uh, Washington should be taken down from the park. We'll see how Rahm Emanuel reacts to that, uh, if there's a growing movement toward that. Well, that'll be a hell of a conversation. How many people agree? national conversation. So Jackson Park, named after... Is that named after Andrew Jackson? Um, that I don't know. Um, Jesse Jackson? Tito. Tito. Actually, oh, Tito well, the, Jackson. The bishop was making the argument we we could na- we could have it named after Jesse Jackson or even the late pop star Michael Jackson. Jesse Jackson's a blackmailer. Michael Jackson, whale of a songwriter. I vote for Michael. Or the inoffensive Tito. Well, that's an interesting idea. He said, this pastor said we could keep the names in both the parks, preserve the Washington and Jackson name of the parks by honoring different Washingtons and Jacksons. Well, I'll for give instance, points for creativity. For instance, Washington Park could be named for former Mayor Harold Washington Who was... of Chicago, or Jackson Park could be named for either Jesse Jackson or Michael Jackson. Well, yeah. That is an interesting way to go about it. Harold Washington, who I wish had reached national prominence because I was a kid growing up in Chicago and he was mayor. Uh, he was hilarious. He was such he was such a con man, but he was like a lovable con man. My favorite Harold Washington quote of all time was he was accused of lying and he said, and I quote, I may have vociferated an inexactitude. How can you not love a guy who said something like that? That's something.
Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. So it is, yeah, it's Andrew Jackson. So they want Andrew Jackson and George Washington taken out of the park in Chicago. So, uh, all right, uh, Charlie Rose is talking to Al Sharpton. I don't know why anybody gives him a platform. He's a, just a con man. But um, he asked him, uh, what do you think about Jefferson? The other One of their other guests happened to have written a book about uh, Thomas Jefferson. I think this is mid-sentence, but you'll figure it out. Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson had slaves. Yeah, I read it. Uh, had slaves and children with the slaves. Exactly. And it does so matter. So should they take down the... Jefferson I, I think Memorial? that people need to understand when people that were enslaved and robbed of even the right to marry and had forced sex with their slave masters, the, 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 this is personal to us. My great grandfather was a slave in South Carolina owned by the family that uh, uh, ended up Strom Thurmond was one of them right. uh, a, a newspaper had discovered it. So this is personal. This is not some kind of removed discussion from us. Our families were victims of this. Certainly they ought so to be removed. Therefore, everybody associated with slavery in terms of any public um, monument to them. When you look at the fact that public monuments are supported by public funds, you're asking me to subsidize the insult then I of my Thomas family. Jefferson had slaves. Then, and I would repeat that the public should not be paying to uphold somebody's. So there you go. Interesting. So um, he's moving slow on something as big as Thomas Jefferson. Defund as opposed to tear down. Right. Right. So, listen, the counter-argument, and, and it exhausts me because, you know, it's just, it, I don't know. Sometimes I don't feel like it does any good. Slavery was everywhere in all, in virtually all societies. Not all societies, but from the Native Americans to Africa. Tr- slavery was rampant in Africa, where the slaves came from. There were how, many multiples more slaves in Central and South America than there were in North America. Slavery is an abomination and a horror and goes against all natural law, according to people who believe what I believe. Couldn't be worse. Some of the great political thinkers ever, some of the great human thinkers of all time who designed a political system that ended up with people being free, had slaves at that time, and many of them said at the time, wow, we inherited this world, and there's slaves everywhere, and I don't think it's right. And worked hard to end it. It took a long time to end it, but they worked hard to end it. So if you want to have some sort of interactive display or the docent or whatever says, you know, Thomas Jefferson actually owned slaves, even as he wrote, oh, we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. I think that's healthy, and it's a good discussion. But the idea that you ought to tear down the monuments to some of the great thinkers of their time because they're participating in one of the unholy aspects of their time, that's just dumb. I wonder if you're going to— Because, as uh, the, the, well, the, the, Tucker Carlson pointed out yesterday, I mean, Muhammad had slaves. You know, the, the, the Indians on the Trail of Tears had slaves. I mean, where does it end? So, so Do you can I go to a display on the Trail of Tears and say, oh, my God, that's heartbreaking and unjust? Or can I not because those Indians had slaves? And then go enjoy your sandwich at Custer State Park in South Dakota, named after the great Indian fighter. Um, well, not very great Indian fighter. <laughs> greatest ever up until the end. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, 
Will uh, will parks, schools, whatever, change their names from some of the big founders? Your Jeffersons, a your Washingtons. Will. Yes, a absolutely they will. Yeah. Absolutely they will. And that's just the beginning, and it will grow. How about Bo Jackson or Reggie Jackson for renaming the park? Michael Jackson's a child molester. Jesse Jackson's got a number of problems. I think you go with Bo Jackson or Reggie Jackson. The ignorant fool. I would probably lean toward Bo. Although, I don't know, maybe every October, you call it Reggie Jackson Park for Mr. October. Slugger, baseball slugger of the 70s. Yeah, I. this story is far from over. You know, I would say... What the hell? It's an interesting and healthy conversation for a society to have. But it won't be a conversation. It will be a conversation at the margins, I think. In the main, it will be people screaming slogans at each other. They changed the name of Lynch schools in Oregon. Just because it sounds like... Because it sounds like something bad. hangings. Yes. <laughs> yeah, these so. are stupid, stupid times. So if you don't think there's a Jefferson Middle School somewhere... In a, in, a, in a black school district that's not going to change your name. I think you're uh, misreading the flow of things here. Keep the name, rename it for George Jefferson, who taught us all that we could move on up. In the 70s. <laughs> right. When the, Jesse Jackson had his heyday. I'm sorry, Reggie Jackson had his heyday. Yeah. A Jeff- they don't want to give me credit for anything. A Jefferson from the 1970s as opposed to the 1770s. It's time to update things a little bit. Sure. Um... All right. All right. So uh, Bannon gave an interview that he thought was off the record. He thought was off the record, or did he? Or did he? He seems to know how to manipulate the media. Some of the stuff he said is getting some attention. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Looking at our list of late night jokes. Yeah, I, I... Topic matter. Uh, this is from Colbert, Conan O'Brien, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Myers. I got Trump, Trump, David Duke, Trump, CEOs, Trump, Confederate statues, Lincoln Memorial, Trump, more Confederate statues, Trump press conference. <sighs> Trump Washington Post, Trump lawyer, Trump CEOs, Trump Bannon. More Trump, more Bannon. God dang it, I just can't take it anymore. All right, yeah, and it's it's been that way for weeks. We brought, I we, cringe every time we start playing one of those alleged jokes. This came up one with... One out of uh, five is amusing. This came up with, uh, who were we talking to yesterday? Uh, one of our favorites. David Drucker? We love him. Um, I kept wanting to say David Duke, and I thought I'm pretty oh, sure we boy. weren't talking to David Duke. Unfortunate timing. David Drucker, is, what about uh, just uh, fatigue? If people just get fatigued with the whole thing, like, don't like, agree, disagree, you're just tired of hearing about it. What happens then? Yeah. And, and uh, we, may, we may get there. A couple uh, of follow-up emails real quick on the previous topic. Right. Maybe we need to replace founder statues with real American heroes like Batman, Spider-Man, Beyonce, and sports heroes. Simple-minded <laughs> effing idiots. Oh, that's harsh. Um... You I still... like lumping Beyonce in with Batman and Spider-Man. I like <laughs> right. that. Fictional heroes. 
Um, and then God, this one, I was yeah. reading a book to my kids last night, a, a superheroes book. Yes, sir. Why do they make Wonder Woman so hot? I know. Well, Superman's very, very I guess attractive that's true. as well. I guess that's true. They're 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 Not super as scantily clad, but she's she's crazy hot in the book. Yeah. What are they What are they trying to do? I don't know. Uh, let's see. You still can't use Washington, et cetera, because those family names were taken from Washington, Jefferson, Jackson, et cetera. That's right. The, the, the many, well, many, uh, ironically, many freed slaves after the Civil War took the names of the founders. Because, Wrong! Because Sad! the promise of freedom for all was finally being fulfilled. But uh, Vegetarians are almost twice as likely to suffer from depression. I mentioned this last week. I didn't follow up on it. They did a study of 10,000, which is a pretty big study. And found that vegetarians were more likely to develop depression due to vitamin and mineral deficiencies that can negatively impact their mental health. Sitting there sucking on their cucumbers. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Steve Bannon. Does that surprise anybody? We have to uh, tell you about his uh, off-the-record, on-the-record interview coming up. Stay with us. Does that surprise anybody? That vegetarians are more commonly uh, depressed? Yeah. Anytime my friends tell me I'm, I'm feeling a little down, I say, when's the last time you had some bacon? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Is is this a Freakonomics thing or what? Are people... That certainly could be. I mean, let's please try to deny that there is a personality type that tends to be vegetarian. And they they, they are people who tend to uh, fret more over the world or their own personal lives. Some might suggest they're a little self-obsessed. I I think. And and, and, uh, for the record, by the way, something. I think it's probably a healthy choice. Now, which one's the one where you're really hardcore? Vegan's Vegan. the hardcore. Yeah. yeah. I got a friend, as I've mentioned before. What's who's... the one where you breed every seven years and you're on Star Trek? Oh, Vulcan. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. What? Uh, I got a friend who was a vegan, so that's pretty hardcore, except for he eats bacon because he really likes it. <laughs> I get angry with that He's guy. He's hardcore vegan, except for one thing, because <laughs> it's so good. And that would be. And I'm surprised there aren't the more. Heavenly delicious. I'm surprised there aren't more of, of those. Um, what's your there's mostly, a name for that, isn't You're it? mostly. Yeah, that's healthier than eating meat all the time. Like me. Sure. Go ahead. I'm, I'm for you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Boy, that fish I made the other night, did I mention that to you, how good that was? You did. Ooh, and I mentioned good. that I have not had any fish other than a fish stick <laughs> in, I think, a decade. And I would hate to be your colon. <laughs> that's right. Now I remember the conversation. Um, I'm, I'm going fish and, and, and chicken. Well, little D, actually, this has already begun because she has a stomach thing and she's got to eat a really bland diet. But I'm going f- for my meats, mostly a little fish, a little chicken. I'm going to healthy it up. I'm getting older. It's time to take this stuff seriously. Is this a weight loss thing or just no. a uh, like cholesterol? I think it thing. will end up being a weight loss thing. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, honestly, honestly, can I be honest? You can. It's the carby stuff. It's not. It's not that I'm eating enormous quantities of pork. No. Yeah. Right. It's I it's understand. it's the crackers and the chips and the potatoes and the rest of it. Really. I mean, it's, uh, if a person were to just keep eating as much red meat as they eat now and eliminate the carby stuff or cut it by three quarters, you'd lose weight, be healthier. Yeah. I've uh, lost weight mostly by just by trying to to not take in as much sugar, which leads you to not eat certain things. Um, so is this a big deal, Sean? The McGregor Mayweather fight. 
They changed the rule on how heavy your gloves can be. Oh, it's a and huge change. Some people say this is a big deal. They went with much lighter gloves. That is that can only be seen as a as a positive for McGregor. So the, the, uh, the bigger gloves favor the the defensive fighter who understands boxing a little well, bit they're, better. They're 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 not. Uh, they went from ten to eight, right? Right. The, the, that's the same size glove that they used in the in the Pacquiao fight, for example. The, eight or ten? The eight. The eight. This ten was larger than that, which gives. More surface area to block and parry and defend. It also makes right. McGregor, who's used to fighting with four-ounce gloves, his punches, he'll fatigue earlier is the theory. Any right. chance that uh, they weren't getting the betting money they thought yes. they needed to even it up? Read my mind. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't getting enough money on McGregor. There wasn't enough interest. Because you have the most skillful and impossible-to-hit boxer boring. in history. Oh, he's insufferably boring to watch. Against a guy who's not even a boxer, you had to give him some sort of edge. Because, well, the, part of the reason why they weren't getting a ton of action is because they the the Vegas bookmakers, and this is this is just rumor. This is not confirmed in any way. But the the, the story is is that they were worried about making Mayweather too much of an underdog for fear that Mayweather would just make four billion dollars and throw the fight if he oh, bet make, against, if he bet against himself if he made McGregor, McGregor too much of too it, much yeah. of an underdog. Right. Mayweather would have one of his people. You know, make a an, an exorbitant bet against Mayweather, and he would throw the fight and oh, just really? enrich himself. Yeah, that, that's that's the theory of why the lines are closer than mm. you would think they would be for uh, a professional boxer so facing it. It's a hell of a deal. Worrying somebody <laughs> will throw the fight. It's a hell of a situation. Nice yeah, no sport. Of course, you're punching each other in the face. Your sport I mean, is punching in the face, each other in the face, hoping to make the other one unconscious. Right. Sometimes there's just an aura about something that it, it's accurate. It, it describes it well. Um, so you have more cheating in a sport where people punch each other in the face. I got this text as I'm starting to get a little concerned about uh, eclipse traffic. Boy, the eclipse is going to be a huge story on Monday. I'm not going to be here. I'll call in. I uh, plan to call in regularly um, from a truck driver who said that uh, he's in Oregon currently, and he said parks are already full of people. He said traffic is already crazy uh, in the eclipse zone, so it's going to be insane next week. Wow. Wow. Take his word for it. I wonder if it's going to be that way all over the country. Yes. East Coast has just got to be nuts. Yeah. Where it's more crowded. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, because people have to drive uh, further south in the east because of the way the stripe goes across the country. But, yeah, Nashville is, is more or less in the line, right? Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the north-south freeways are going to be just madness. How long do you think people will stick around after the eclipse is over before they take off? Because I'm planning on taking, and there's the sun again. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That'll help a little. <laughs> It'll help. It's like lose, uh, leaving a football game, charging out, you know, as, as they're uh, kneeling down. You know, it'll help a little. Oh, yeah. I can just picture it. This could happen all across the country. Okay, you went to the eclipse, the time and expense, took a day off work, all that sort of stuff, and now you're sitting in traffic or an airport for six hours, missed your flight, blah, 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 and it's now just become something miserable. <laughs> <laughs> just gripping the wheel into dust. <laughs> yeah. Why don't people move? Well, that's all, all right. About, what are you always saying, Sean? Expect no, that's different. The comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, but well, no. expectations are the thief of joy too. No, if, ex- if they're wrong, expectation is the only ingredient in disappointment. Absolutely, that's not that true. Cinnamon. Bad results are disappointing too. Only bad if you expected better. Well, yes, I'm going to come exactly. in there. I'm, uh, listen, I'm going to come in there. I'm going to stab you in the eye. Okay, so what do you expect? A stabbing in the eye. <laughs> 
Now I'm walking Barbaric. in there. I'm stabbing you right in the eye. You're going to tell me you're not unhappy? <laughs> He's not as unhappy. He's not as unhappy. No, I'm in pain, He's... but I'm not disappointed. <laughs> a guy you work with just blinded you. You're not disappointed I'm by that. Betrayed, again, in pain, probably. <laughs> but no, right. the disappointment's not All there. Right, here I come. Here I come, you bastard. What's... You disagreeable bastard. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we got Democrat political leaders telling the president, oh. you are not welcome here. The National Park Service may cancel the extreme right rally in San Francisco and the unexpected Expected economic perils linked to touchscreen. Oh, wait, wait. This is my favorite ironic German poetry rock song. About eclipses. Yes. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a topic we got to get into. All these cities across America that there are various rallies being held that certainly would turn violent if you have them. You get the whole free speech thing, uh, right to assemble, etc. What, what do you do with that? And what hero of the left Noam Chomsky said about Antifa. It will shock you. Yeah, it's it shocked me. Definitely. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I just, I just, I don't I was looking at a news site. I just can't. The news flow. It's just, I can't take it. It's, it's exhausting. Just, it's, it is exhausting. It's all anger and hatred and, and I think maybe what's exhausting, it's all unsolvable stuff. Well, at least we have the support of the audience. This is a note from Ryan. Wanted to let you know I will no longer listen to you two jelly-spined wimps. Grow a pair and stand against the leftist hordes who would round everybody up and put them in re-education camps, given the chance. Well, I got this text. I don't agree with most of your political views, but listen anyway and love it. You make me laugh every morning with your twisted sense of humor and make my commute bearable and, frankly, happy. Thank you. I'm with the first guy. I agree with him. Appreciate that. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Mr. President, you are not welcome. Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe says he doesn't want President Trump to visit Charlottesville if the president continues using rhetoric the governor says is dividing the country. McAuliffe said in an interview on CBS this morning. If the president wants to come to Charlottesville and address our citizens, talk about how we can heal as a nation and how we need to move forward, that is what the president of the United States should do. Meanwhile, the mayor of Phoenix... Terry McAuliffe is such a hack, such oh a political God, hack. If you please, read this yeah. town, he's one of the all-timers. He's This subject aside, you know, maybe you agree with him on this subject or whatever, but he is just a complete... I'll do whatever I got to do to get elected. He used to run the DNC. Uh, one of his oh, famous... he's a big, he was a money guy. He's a huge fundraiser. Yeah, one of his famous stories is uh, on the way to taking his wife to the hospital for the birth of their first kid. He stopped and ran into a fundraiser while she waited in the car. <laughs> Pressed the flesh a little bit. She <laughs> wow. pained laboriously. Meanwhile, the mayor of Phoenix, Arizona, says he is disappointed the president is coming to town next week. The Trump campaign confirming that the president's going to be holding a rally at the convention center there on Tuesday. Democrat Mayor Greg Stanton saying he's concerned about the president's motives. If President Trump is coming to Phoenix to announce a pardon for former Sheriff Joe Arpaio, then it'll be clear that his true intent is to inflame emotions and further divide our nation. It's my hope that more sound judgment prevails and that he delays his visit. God dang it. So are you telling me next week's story is going to be Trump going to Arizona to pardon Joe Aparo, so everybody's got to talk about that for a couple of days? I just can't take it. Arpaio convicted of ignoring court orders to stop racial profiling through traffic stops while he was the sheriff of Mariposa County in uh, Arizona. 
Not the- I'm sorry. Let me check. Do I have enough money to retire? Nope. Okay. See you tomorrow. In the midst, in the midst of all this, I don't know if you heard, but Vice President Pence cutting his South American tour short as Trump deals with all the fallout over the comments about the violence in Virginia. Pence is going to return to D.C. a day early today so he can join the president for a meeting they're going to have at Camp David. A discussion expected to cover the administration's South Asian policy, including the tensions with North Korea. I'm sure, amongst many other things. Yeah, speaking of North Korea, that's one of the main topics in the the Steve Bannon uh, off the record, or was it interview? We'll hit that in in moments. National Park Service uh, considering rescinding a permit for a uh, extreme right rally at San Francisco's Chrissy Field. U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein joining in on the call to ask the Park Service to pull the permit from the August 26th rally that's been organized by the Patriot Prayer Group. So how does that square constitutionally, and what are the what are the rules on that? Well, up until now, the National Park Service has been saying they can't deny, they right. cannot deny the permit. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this works. If, you if you they could just announce a moratorium on all permits for six months because mm-hmm. of the highly charged atmosphere, then that would go into the courts and probably lose. Feinstein saying in her letter to the uh, Park Service that Patriot Prayer is described by hate group monitors as an organization that attracts white nationalists and other hate groups to its rallies. God, don't see the but hate groups get, get to march. I mean, that's been decided by the Supreme Court, so I don't understand. I, I think there will be violence if you have that march. Um, because the protesters will come armed, those people will be armed, and they will fight. As we've seen. Yeah. So if, if you know there's going to be violence, is that to get you around the constitutional right? How are, You could always claim there's going to be violence, though, to stop somebody you don't like from marching. You know, you could put onerous requirements on groups and, you know, you got to be unarmed, blah, blah, blah. That would probably end up in the courts, too. Uh, the other problem we have, Marshall, is I know you're talking about the Southern Poverty Law Center mm-hmm. that declares anybody yep. to the right of Nancy Pelosi a hate group. They are ridiculous. They they are not a fair arbiter. They're not a, 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 a an honest broker. So, which just illustrates the incredible difficulty of of deciding which speech should be banned. Yep, I'm referring to the group that the uh, that Diane Feinstein was quoting. You know the ACL, right. which is the same one you were talking about. Yes. You know the ACLU backed a lawsuit in Charlottesville, Virginia, to make sure the white supremacists could march and speak. The ACLU. That's interesting. There's there's a uh, there's an article in the New York Times today that the ACLU, or there's an opinion piece that the ACLU needs to rethink their free speech stance. Oh, great. Turns- great. So if you're a card-carrying member of the ACLU, are you uh, in agreement with the ACLU, or do you think they need to change their free speech stance? Do you think they are too broad with that? Well, it's either free or it's not. It's in the word. I mean, free speech for you, but not for you. It's not free speech. Turns out touchscreen devices are very convenient. But they may most likely make you spend more money than you want to. University of yeah, British think <laughs> University of British Columbia did several experiments to look into how touch screens affect our behavior, and they found using a touch screen increased people purchasing hedonic products or those that give you pleasure. Hedonic products? Yes. <laughs> wow, what's a hedonic product? Teat. 
it, it, it is something that will give you pleasure. Any, it, it, any object that gives me pleasure? Cereal. Cereal, cereal is cereal? a hedonic product. Is my guitar a hedonic chocolate product? Chocolate massages, yes. other impulse buys? What's a chocolate massage? <laughs> I want one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the study leader explains... The playful and fun nature of the touchscreen enhances consumers' favor of hedonic products, where the logical and functional nature of a, te- of a desktop will promote a consumer's preference for utilitarian products. So I think what they're just saying is it's convenient, it's easy, it's fun. You end up spending more money on things you don't really need. Well, it used to be if you were a little drunked up, you weren't going to go shopping because you didn't want to drive. Now you can shop from home, a little drunked up. Right. That's what I hear anyway. Right. Didn't you receive a product at your home? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Just the Um, other day? I'm still not tracking with you. Even if you're not drunked up, uh, because I just noticed it's just so much easier to buy something than if, you know, if I had to drive, get up, put on the clothes, drive to the store, find the product. By then, I might cool down and think, do I really need this? Yeah. It's a little more expensive than I thought. Yeah. Or you hold it in your hand and think, nah, as opposed to just one click away. For what it's worth, we got this note from Jeff. The leader of the Patriot Prayer Group is not white himself. He was on Tucker Carlson last yeah, he's night. Japanese, I believe. Japanese-American? Sure. Yeah. Great. Anyway, you that- know, I don't actually tend to group people by race. Never have. I was taught that was wrong. Not well, you can't criticize Times have This matters in this case, right? Can you yeah. accuse a non-white person of being a white nationalist and be concerned about it? It's very odd. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. How many people are aware of this, that the ACLU sued successfully Charlottesville, Virginia, last week on behalf of the white supremacist rally organizers? It's inconvenient, doesn't fit the narrative, so it's been left out. That's that's a pretty uh, interesting component to the whole story, I think. Absolutely. How come they're not being interviewed on more shows about this? It's inconvenient. I wonder if Trump's aware of that. That'd have been a good thing for him to throw in. It's an inconvenient truth. Mm. What do you think of that, Fat Al? Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, says you. <laughs> Steve Bannon thought he was off the record, or was he? What he says will shock you. Stay tuned. It might actually shock you. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. his confidence in chief advisor and accused white nationalist Steve Bannon. President Trump said, we'll see what happens. This is how much Trump cares about ratings. He ended a press conference on a cliffhanger. (laughs) Will Steve Bannon lose his job? Will Mike Pence and his wife finally go all the way? Find out tomorrow on As the World Burns. White nationalist. I keep hearing phrases Accused thrown around. Accused white nationalist. I keep hearing phrases thrown around that I don't know what they mean, and right. I and I do this for a living. <laughs> I don't know what these. I don't know what alt right means. I don't know what white nationalist means. All right, uh, here here's one for you. Seth Myers is a slaveholder. Accused slaver. Seth Myers makes jokes late at night on the TV. Is he? He may be. I hear he's an accused slaveholder. So, see, speaking of Steve Bannon, the mysterious, the terrible, the, the terrifying, the red-nosed, the uh, he uh, called up um, uh, this uh, this bloke who writes for the uh, what the hell's the the pro- 
The American Prospect. The American Prospect. That's funny. I just printed this, and it dropped the name of the guy who wrote the piece and the name of the publication. Why would you do that? Man, websites are terrible. Anyway, so uh, he called this guy up to to his surprise because the American Prospect is a uh, is a rather progressive publication, has been forever. And this reporter, um, for instance, had uh, written uh, some very critical articles about the administration and everything. Um, but he... Uh, he gave him a call. Um, Bannon was in high spirits when he phoned me Tuesday, uh, discussed uh, the politics of taking a harder line with China. He minced no words describing his efforts to neutralize his rivals in the departments of defense, state, and treasury. Quote, they're wetting themselves, he said. Um, Just as all hell was breaking loose in Charlottesville, Bannon uh, said he wished to meet me. Uh, the guy was traveling, so he said, can we call? I uh, said, yeah, that's fine. Um, and uh, this writer mentioned he had just published a column on how China was profiting from U.S.-North Korea nuclear brinksmanship, and it included some choice words about Bannon's boss. In Kim, Trump has met his match, I wrote. The risk of two arrogant fools blundering into a nuclear exchange is more serious than at any time since October 1962. And Bannon called. Far from dressing me down for comparing Trump to Kim, he began, It's a great honor to finally track you down. I've followed your writing for years. I think you and I are in the same boat when it comes to China. You absolutely nailed it. That we're, is interesting. We're at economic war with China. It's all in their literature. They're not shy about saying what they're doing. One of us is going to be a hegemon in 25 to 30 years, and it's going to be them if we follow down this path. On Korea, they're just tapping us along. It's just a sideshow. Bannon is uh, in favor of tough, tough trade sanctions against China. I would say, by the way, just so you have an idea how journalism works, and I was... Uh... When I first heard the story, I heard a a left-leaning news outlet say Steve Bannon called the president an arrogant fool. Oh my. The writer of the article then I saw then saw on a different channel say the writer of the article said some people are saying Bannon called the president of an arrogant an arrogant fool. I called the president an arrogant fool. Bannon called up and said I liked your article. That's not the same as Bannon calling the president an arrogant fool. Right. But that's because the, the point of the article was that China was playing the U.S. Yeah. And, and the rest of it. So, yeah, that is a wildly, wildly inaccurate yeah. statement. It's still interesting. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting in a different way. Um, da, 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 tough say, trade sanctions. Contrary to Trump's threat of fire and fury and, frankly, power. Everybody mm, leaves out the frankly power. The likes of which... Has never been seen before. Right. Bannon said, there's no military solution to the North Korea thing. Forget it. Until somebody solves the part of the equation that shows me that 10 million people in Seoul don't die in the first 30 minutes from conventional weapons, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no military solution there. They got us. That's a fine thing to say off the record, but man, you can't... He must have thought he was off the record. Because you can't, you can't be putting out there in an interview, that whole fire and fury thing is, is a bluff. We can't actually do anything. Well, to that point, um, this, this I writer... I agree with him. I think he's probably right. This writer, whose name was excised from my printed copy, uh, says, The question of whether the phone call was on or off the record never came up. This is also puzzling, since Steve Bannon is not exactly Bambi when it comes to dealing with the press. No. He's probably the most media-savvy person in America. Yeah, he so, he'd certainly be on the short list. I would agree with you. If there's something really controversial in this call, it's that he undermined the boss in terms of the the, the military threat. 
Um, well, he he undermined the commander in chief on his stated policy regarding a nuclear war. Right, saying we would never do it in a game of chicken. He he he, he told a reporter we would we would blink first. Well, no, not not exactly. If we were attacked. Or if he bombed Guam, we would unleash holy hell. We just wouldn't do it preemptively to solve the threat problem. I think got, that's what he's saying. you got to have that out there, though. Yeah, I hear you. you got to have that threat out there. He went on to describe his battle inside the administration to take a harder line on China trade, not to fall into a trap of wishful thinking in which complaints against China's trade practices now had to take a back seat to the hope that China, as an honest broker, would help restrain Kim. To me, Bannon said, the economic war with China is everything. And we have to be maniacally focused on that. If we continue to lose it, we're five years away, I think 10 years at most, of hitting an inflection point from which we'll never be able to recover. And then he goes on to mention specifics of trade. This is what he's really, really into, he says. Um, and he talks about who he's battling. But I want to get to the part... Um, about uh, I asked Bannon about the connection between his program of economic nationalism and the ugly white nationalism epitomized by the racist violence in Charlottesville and Trump's reluctance to condemn it. Bannon, after all, was the architect of the strategy of using Breitbart to heat up white nationalism, then rely on the radical right as Trump's base. Well, that's alleged. That's one take on it. But he dismissed the far right as irrelevant and sidestepped his own role in cultivating it. Quote, ethno-nationalism, it's losers. It's a fringe element. I think the media plays it up too much, and we got to help crush it, you know, uh, help crush it more. These guys are a collection of clowns, he said. So that's obviously interesting. If you believe that Bannon is the secret racist behind the racist president, he is calling the... Uh the, the white supremacists, a bunch of clowns and losers. Then he said, the Democrats, the longer they talk about identity politics, I got them. I want them to talk about racism every day. If the left is focused on race and identity and we go with economic nationalism, we can crush the Democrats. The Dark Lord reveals his secret nefarious plan. Or city to, to crush white supremacists, among Oops. other things. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 